Welcome to Kramer Says. Kramer Says. Be part of the show at KramerSays.com. Interact on Twitter at KramerSEZ. Now, Kramer Says. Welcome to the show. My name is Kramer. It is the Kramer Says podcast. It is Wednesday, August 31st, and today we've got a special guest. Our special guest is from TikTok. As many times we have guests from TikTok, but this is one with a, well, a, a person with a special bent on what's going on currently. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, what would people know you by uh, on TikTok? How did you start on TikTok, and uh, wh- what are you doing currently on TikTok? Well, my uh, my original profile, which is six or seven profiles ago, was uh, Bill, um, just standard Bill, and uh, I got into it because my sister recommended it. I, I originally, um, you know, I suspected something strange was going on in the world, mm-hmm. and so I started a YouTube channel um which didn't gain a lot of traction hence my sister recommending tiktok and i uh, got on there and that um i got a lot more viewers on tiktok than i ever did on youtube but of course i also enjoyed the censorship as well so <laughs> didn't last long before they uh gave me the boot there and i had to create another profile and um one profile to the next to the next i'm now nwo documents and just kind of waiting for them to uh, give me the boot again so I can create another profile and just continue the cycle. Well, you know, take it from somebody who's created 56 accounts. Um, It gets easier with time. (laughs) I'm currently on my 56th now. So uh, the the moment you start speaking, you know, truth to power, they don't, uh, they don't want you on there. And we've just found out in the last week, what is it? Zuckerberg last week, week before last said that, uh, yeah, the FBI has been requesting that we pull stuff down or, or down or limit stuff. And the FBI turned around and says, well, we just asked. You didn't have to do it. <laughs> I mean, these are the morons that are running our, our country right now. It's, it's insane. So one of the reasons I brought you on, Bill, is because over the uh, last couple of years, when COVID really hit and, and that was starting to, to build up, um, you were bringing a lot of information on that, that first account. Um, Bill, under, uh, you know, B underscore I underscore L underscore L. Uh, that's where I first uh, ran into you and saw your content. And I, I thought, wow, so the, you're really getting in depth on some of this. And this is the area that we've tried to get into. Um, and the problem with it is, is that when you start going down this path, the first label that people slap on you is conspiracy theorist. Did you get a lot of that when you first started bringing this information forward? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Still do all the time. And what do you think is, that is? I, I, well, I think it's because people don't want to believe it. Probably in the back of their head, they know it's true somewhere. And they must, because for a lot of those videos, um, I'm showing the actual document that I'm quoting from and saying, look, this is what this says. And the response I get is, I can't believe you people believe that stuff. You're crazy conspiracy <laughs> theorists. And it's like, well, yeah. Can't believe people believe official white papers. Pretty crazy, huh? Well, that's but. one of the things. That's one of the things I've been saying for the last, well, at least the last six months in particular. But for the last couple of years, is that this this Q phenomena started out and and people jumped into it and they were doing all this research and that is a true conspiracy theorist issue because, in my view, because we don't know where that information comes from. We're led to believe it comes from a certain area, but we don't know for sure. Your your information, the data and the information that you've been talking about for the last two years comes from major organizations, everybody from the World Economic Forum to the Rockefeller, the Rockefeller Foundation. Talk about that. Yeah, well, you know, I, I find there to be a lot of value in source material for that reason, because 
these days we are in a, uh, a war of information and you don't know who is saying what for what reasons or whether it's legitimate if uh, if you're just hearing a report um well on on the mainstream media or on youtube or wherever and so it's it's difficult i think to to me i find a lot more um assurance in just reading it straight from their documents right and uh you know when when a lot of this the, when the covid stuff kicked off that's kind of when i i went into high gear not long before that well maybe a couple years before that i had i guess to pardon the cliche but my own awakening where i realized while well, the world is it doesn't operate the way people <laughs> think it operates right. and um, i wrote it i just for some reason i feel compelled to um let people know that while well, you're, you're kind of living in, a, in an illusion that's been prescribed to you by the mainstream and so i wrote a book called deconstructing the Par- a paradigm the paradigm being the uh well and, and that was a little bit different in in terms of subject matter that was more mm-hmm. Um, deconstructing philosophical materialism. Um, but I kind of, so in that book, actually, I touched on the dangers of mandatory vaccination. And uh, I didn't know at the time because I, I think I finally ended up publishing it in 2018. So just before the whole right. COVID crisis, you know, I didn't know that that COVID was going to become a thing. And um, of course it did. So when it did, I knew immediately, well, at least I intuited that um, there's something a little bit more to this. This is a little strange. You know, you're seeing it from both both perspectives. On the one hand, there's these videos surfacing of empty hospitals. Right. And people saying, well, there's nothing going on. And then on the other hand, you're seeing videos of people, uh, bodies being piled up in China on the streets. So we're being lied to somewhere automatically. Right, because there's two there's two conflicting stories. Both can't be true at the same time. Yeah, correct. Exactly. So, to me, that's like okay. Well, that's your cue, public. There's um there's a lie going on here. Let's find out what it is. And right up immediately, I didn't know. I thought, well, I I mean, it could be that um, they're trying to minimize the severity of this virus so that more people get taken out by it, and hence the uh, empty hospital videos. Right. Or it could be that they're trying to scare the hell out of us with the bodies getting piled up in the streets so that we, um, you know, we live in fear and they can take take our uh, our freedoms away with less resistance. Which right. And which one do you believe? Be, I mean, you've got two, you know, potentially valid reasons or stories as to what's going on here. Which one do you believe? How do you how do you pick which one you believe? Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the question because you're being lied to on all sides. At some point, at least for me, what I decided to do was I decided to start doing, I think, what you've done and stop believing anybody and start believing what I learned for myself. So when you dove into this information, especially going into the COVID um, pandemic, as far as I'm concerned, it's looking more and more like this was done on purpose. I mean, everybody's now stepping back and go, yeah, we fucked up. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know how to plan for a hundred year pandemic, although that's what the NIH had been given billions of dollars for over the years to do. So when you saw the writing on the wall and you started putting that stuff on TikTok, uh, give us an example of a story that you would break and get a lot of um, feedback on and then would get violated. What kind of stories were you breaking at the time when this first all, when you first started uh, up on TikTok? 
Well, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is the the studies that were completed on these coronavirus vaccines. And these are the ones that you'd hear advocates for the vaccine saying, no, these these have been heavily studied. They're not experimental. They, they've been in, in trials for a long time. And it's like, well, yeah, look at the actual study, though, and the results of those. You know, um, I think I presented a, a study on on uh, a uh, coronavirus vaccine that resulted in immunopathology in mice and issue lung issues they developed fairly quickly. And the recommendation was that uh, this probably shouldn't be moved along into human trials at this time. And I just showed it. Right. And um, it's like, well, this is that's what the study says. I'm literally just repeating it verbatim here and uh, got violated on it. And just before I got violated, though, I, I of course, felt the wrath of uh, the skeptics saying, <laughs> as they always do, well, you're not a scientist. You, right. You're not qualified to, <laughs> to uh, relay a study. And it's like, okay, well, I'm not a scientist, but I did pass my research methods course, and I know how to read an abstract. And that's what the abstract is for in a research exactly. study. It's yep, to exactly. lay it out in yep. palatable terms so you can understand. All they're doing is relaying the, uh, the point of the study, their hypothesis, the methodology, and the results that they, that they got from the study. Right. And uh, when they say um, 50% of the test subjects perished, it doesn't take a scientist to interpret what that means. Exactly. Well, that's what I keep telling people is that uh, you can imagine I've had my uh, my share of critics <laughs> over the last couple of years come at me and they use the exact same thing. Well, you're not a doctor. You're not a scientist. You're not an epide uh, epidemiologist or virologist. And I kept saying the same thing. I don't need to be what they are to understand the data that they produce. Right. Right. I don't have to understand how they got, how they did it. I don't, but the data that they produce, if they say, hey, listen to your point, this drug or this concoction that we're giving somebody, 50% die, I can look at that and go, you know what? We, we might want to stop giving that to people. So this, what was it called? It's called, a, it's called um, what's it called? Um, there's a term for that when they say, because I, I'm, I'm trained, you can't question me because you're not. And it's something, was it, what's it called? A, a position of authority, right? Arguing from a position of authority. I know better because you don't have the training that I have. Yeah. And here's what's funny. The majority of people on TikTok that are telling you that, they're not trained either. No. <laughs> no, and it shows. Not only are they not trained, I, I have doubts that they're uh, even rudimentarily educated because they, you know, they, and, and uh, you know, far be it from me to equate education with uh, actual intelligence. But, no, I, uh, you know, for the love of God, you, you don't need a PhD to to understand this very basic stuff. But, and again, I think in the back of their mind, they actually know that and they're right. just grasping at straws, trying to come up with anything to delegitimize what you're saying when it's blatantly obvious. Well, what amazes me is that it starts with cognitive dissonance, right? Is that they do not want to admit that they're incorrect or that they've been duped, that they've been fooled. And so they fight, they push back against you all the time, knowing that they're of course duped, that they've been duped. They know the truth. And that I, I believe that's what makes them even more and more angry. Now, here's the case that or here's the deal that we've had over the last couple of years is that a lot of the information that you've given over the last two years, a lot of the information that I've given over the last two years and others have given over the last two years that was called either conspiracy theory or just flat out lies has, has turned out to be the truth. 
Uh, does that give you any hope that we're moving in the right right direction, or do you think they're going to clamp down even harder? Well, I think they're going to clamp down even harder. One of the documents that I ran across um, in some of my research came out of the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, and uh, and the whole thing was just a, a plan laid out for how to do specifically that. And they're talking, we need to bring in the NSA and the CIA and the FBI in a, in a coalition of information control, all the way down to including on, on the boots on the ground level, um, using local law enforcement to make sure that people that are saying things that we don't approve of is not happening. And of course, we've seen that maybe not so much in America, but we, we have seen it in other countries, just right. downright, um, just, you know, I guess I, I don't know how else to phrase it. But it's the return of the bl- blasphemy laws, right? They're trying to make speech uh, illegal. And there's they're, 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 the way that they're doing it is through a number of different ways. They're saying, well, you can't say it if it's a national security threat. That's, yeah. one, that's one way that they're trying to do it. Or it's a threat to um, the health of your fellow, fellow neighbors. Um, free speech is free speech. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fuck my neighbor. Fuck how they feel. Fuck their health. I get to say whatever the fuck I want. That's what, um, what, that's what makes America great. So when you were going through this process of, of being censored, um, did you have a, did you have a um, I don't know, a visceral reaction where it physically made you angry initially when it happened the first time or second time when you realized what was happening and why? that they were trying to silence you because of what you were saying and that what you were saying is truthful. It comes from the sources they want you to, to give your information from. Did that piss you off? Did you get pissed off about that? I mean, get angry about it. I did, which is kind of dumb because I knew about the rampant censorship already, but then when it happened, it just kind of <laughs> hits home at a new level. And especially when it was something for, um, uh, the same thing happened on YouTube. The first time it happened on YouTube, I think I was showing it was something similar. It was a it was a study from Pfizer. It was Pfizer's own study. I'm like, look what look what is in the uh, the study that Pfizer themselves have done. What they're saying mm-hmm. about their own their own product here, and uh, and that got that got uh, shut down on YouTube. And it's like, well, I I don't yeah, understand. That's, that, that's that's what that happened to me. And they said that it was because I was trying to create uh, vaccine hesitancy. And what I was saying was, I don't trust any drug that has 32 pages of warnings. <laughs> Valid point. Now, I didn't. I didn't say. I didn't say what the drug was. I didn't name anything. And they came after me. And that's so, just asinine. Vaccine hesitancy. I mean, when they take away the right to be hesitant about uh, a product that's come out prematurely and has the potential to damage you, that's kind of a scary thought. Well, especially when the founder or the the, the creator of that technology comes forward and is very vocal about the fact that you shouldn't be doing this to your body, that, um, you know, Dr. Malone uh, came forward immediately and says, do not do this. This is dangerous. It killed all of the test animals that we tried this on. Oh, yeah. But but Malone is lying. He he didn't, uh, he had no, he had no, uh, part in creating the uh, mRNA technology is the rebuttal that I often hear. It's like, well, the guy right. has patents on the yeah. technology. So, right. That, and that's, I, I talked to Malone for about 45 minutes a few weeks ago and um, great guy, very, very um, approachable. And then an open book with the information. I mean, he just let it pour out of him. Um, and when you've got a guy that, that is that knowledgeable, that has put the reputation on the line, internationally 
for, for doing the right thing, I have to think that we're on the right side of history. And everybody who's been fighting what you and I have been doing um, is on the wrong side. I've never seen a, a group of people that um, tried to censor somebody be the, be the guys that turned out to be the heroes or the white hats at the end of the movie. Yeah, right. So let me ask you this. You've read a lot about what the Rockefellers have done, what the, or what the Rockefellers have planned, the Rockefeller Foundation has planned, their plans, um, and Klaus Schwab. Let's dig into that. Who do you think is the most dangerous person on the face of the earth right now in this global uh, globalization fight? I think the most dangerous people, we, we may not even know their names. I know there's, there's a, these families out there that uh, mm-hmm. essentially take part in, in uh, this, this whole global thrust for control um, whose names aren't really mentioned. I know like the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers you hear of, um, there's others like the DuPonts that are, are kind of um, French recognizable, right. but, but there's others that I hear about them with, you know, I'm listening to people that are more knowledgeable about this sort of thing than I am. It's like, Oh man, I haven't even heard of those people, but in terms of public facing people, uh, well, I can tell you who, who I have the strongest reaction to is Yuval Noah Harari and the things yeah. that come out of his mouth. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that he's at the very top of this, this pyramid of, uh, power, but he is the mouthpiece for it. And the things that he is saying are reflective of the belief system that these, these people have, uh, which is concerning when they're, they're pretty open about um, introducing technology. Well, not even intro, it's <laughs> They're saying that the technology already exists. It's just a matter of laying the groundwork to implement it. Exactly. And part of what they want to do and I'm not, I'm not uh, even paraphrasing here, is control people's minds, yep. control people's bodies, yep. and uh, ultimately their behaviors. And, and that's the thing that scares me the most. When they're talking about controlling people's minds, there is, uh, I mean, that is complete and total subjugation. To what extent is that possible? I don't know, but um, they're very confident that it is. Well let's, let's see, well, let's just look at the look at the conditioning that's happening right now. I mean, you think about what they're doing to society culturally. TikTok is the hottest um, app on the planet right now. People are abandoning Facebook and and other platforms, Twitter, uh, Instagram, etc., to head off to TikTok because two things happen: fully entertained, right? But you're also you're also um, um, addicted. There's an addictive quality to it. So you're entertained, but you're, everything's on there is being guided. And what we saw was really scary and got really concerned about is that we started to see the manipulation of this censorship and what it was making people do. They were thinking twice about what they were going to say. They were walking around words or, or, or you and I've done it. We knew that we didn't want to get banned. So we didn't say certain words, mm-hmm. but it was the idea. It was the idea that permeated because we're smart individuals. We can figure out different words to use, <laughs> still get our point across, right? We made our point and that was the issue. It wasn't the words we were using. The conditioning is we're going to make you think differently. You can't say anything that's mean about anybody or anything that we may find counter to the narrative. Have you seen the same thing happening? Oh, yeah. And and they also, um, I think they like to use a rationale as often as they can when they're silencing the truth. But they also don't need a rationale. I remember right. on my third account, I don't remember what the profile was, what it was, what I, the name was, because it was so brief. It lasted about two days. 
I put out a video about, I just said, here's this document. Here's what it says. They don't want you to talk about that. Here's this document. It's, <laughs> this is what this says. They really don't want you talking about that. And that video took off um, in about, it, it was two days, two and a half days. I got um, 1.7 million views yep. and a, a number of followers. And that was too much. That was too much growth. They shut it down right on the spot, yep. having only put one video out with yep. no explanation, just because it's like, wow, this is this is gaining too much traction. We need to get rid of it. And, and that's the issue is that as soon as they as soon as they fear that you may be getting notoriety for this one point that you've made, it scares the shit out of them. And so they do they do clamp down. They 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 come down harsh. And what we've seen over the last well, the last years, it's been pretty bad. I mean, I've blown through over the, the last two years, I've blown through 50, 55 accounts. I'm on my 56th account now. And this conditioning, what I think is interesting is that you and I, they're not going to change us, but kids on this platform, you give kids a 10-year window in an environment where you can modify that the way that they think to not be confrontational, that can have a real impact on a culture. Yeah. And that's what these people are doing. I mean, that's the level of thinking that they're going to. Um, and I keep going back to it. I don't know if you're, you you saw what happened with my um, running with the Q people, but I was I, I wanted to open their eyes and let them know, hey, listen, you guys are being played. Um, here's how it happens. In fact, we had a psychologist on uh, today on today's show talking about how people get played. Right? What happens? What the process is? I'm sorry, that's not on today's show. That's on tomorrow's show. It's yesterday's show. <laughs> We're doing this. We're doing shows out of order now, so I don't know when they're going to air. Um, but it was a bricklayer, the bricklayer from TikTok, and his wife, and and she's a clinical psychologist. I believe that's her training, and um, she's got a, her PhD. She comes in and she talks about this issue exactly, and how they play people, and how they play these psychological games to get people to to think a specific way. And it sounds crazy. It sounds insane until you hear people like Klaus Schwab or Yuval Harari say exactly what we're talking about. So let's, for the people who aren't familiar, because um, Klaus Schwab has done a lot of public speaking, but Yuval is kind of the, 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 the behind the scenes guy. Break it up for the audience, a couple of the crazy shit things that he said in the, in the last few years. Well, he is, uh, he, there, what well, let's, any, step back. Let's, step, let's step back. What they believe in is they believe in transhumanism. Yes. So that, yeah. that's, that's the bringing together of technology and the, 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 the tech, the digital, along with the biological and putting chips in your hand, in your head, wherever, to make you basically a cyborg or, or, or machine. That's where they want to move to. So we can all communicate instantly. Correct? Yeah. Did I get that right? Absolutely. Um, it's, it's what they reference as bio-digital convergence. And, uh, and Harari says and means that uh, your free will... Uh, that's a fairy tale. That's a thing of the past. Essentially, going back to to uh, my previous statement, they literally want to control your thoughts and uh, your behaviors and, and what you do. Um, <clears throat> they have a religion. The transhumanism is a, is a uh, religion. It's a self-guided evolution. And uh, the, it's differentiated between the people and the elites for the people what they're looking for is that subjugation. And uh, part of that is, like you mentioned, that nanotechnology um, so that they can surveil you from the inside out and they can know if you have too much of, uh, say you, you eat too much beef, well, that's, uh, that's a count against your carbon allotment. So 
Um, by the way, I'm, I'm going to jump in. He, Bill, Bill's going to be outlining some things that Yuval has said and claimed that they want to do. So what we're talking about here isn't us assuming this is what it, they want to do because of what they've printed or what they've said. These are claims that they've made themselves of things they want to do. Right, Bill? Absolutely. And, um, you know, if you want to, if you want that on paper, so you don't have to take a couple of guys word for it, you can look at exploring bio digital convergence. That's a document put out by Policy Horizons Canada. That's the Canadian government, the government that Klaus Schwab says we have successfully infiltrated. He says that's what the World Economic Forum does. We yep. penetrate the cabinets and essentially we own Trudeau and control the, that entire government. Um, well, with, with a few exceptions, but they have, obviously, with uh, Trudeau in place, uh, they're kind of steering that ship. So, and, and there are multiple documents. I think this uh, exploring biodigital convergence is one of the most telling. Um, what they say is that biological and digital systems are converging and could change the way we work, live, and uh, even evolve as a species. And that's, again, their words. They're talking about a post-human world and it is like you have to constantly give reminders that this is because it sounds so dystopic um not me saying it this is them right it's because uh, it's a lot to digest but um they're looking at 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 gaining complete control of people through this bio-digital convergence now for them on their their religious aspect of it um a leading, a leading transhumanist is uh, Ray Kurzweil. He's probably got an IQ of like 160. Um, he's kind of pioneering the, um, I don't know if he's pioneering it, but he, he is one of the major leaders in the, in the uh, technology. Yeah. And when asked if he believes in God, he said not yet. And that's a <laughs> reference to his belief in uh, humans creating God, right. which will be done through what they refer to as the AI singularity. That is when artificial intelligence becomes self-aware and then they tap into that and it's themselves um, take on those characteristics of godhood. So they're looking for this technological apotheosis, which Kurzweil thinks could happen by the year 2040. Hopefully he's a little too ambitious in that uh, projection. Let's hope. Yeah, well, that's what that's what scares me is what they're saying is that these these things that they want to do, they don't want them to be experimental on them and their families. They want to experiment on the world, get it perfected, be able to because it's it's crazy what if you if, if you listen to Yuval Harari, there's tons of YouTube videos where he goes on um, for hour after hour talking about what they want to do. And one of the things they're talking about and Bill hit it on here is 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 mind control. Now, I'm not saying this. I, I, I keep, I, I want to reiterate this time and time again. What we're talking about here is not what we think they're going to do. It's what they say out of their own mouths. These videos, when I take Yuval Harari videos and I put them up on social media, they get taken down immediately. That's the kind of power these groups have because they want to be able to speak freely among their groups. But if you take their information and want to disseminate it throughout your groups, you can't do that because they know how fucking crazy they sound. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong here? I mean, I, I cannot tell people when I tell people what I mean, Klaus Schwab two or three weeks ago said that he wanted to put bubbles into space to guard the planet from the, the, the from sunlight. And cool the earth down. 
That's a James Bond villain. Yeah. And these are these people are talking to our leadership and our leadership in the US and in Israel and in France and in Great Britain, all of the westernized um westernized uh countries, first world countries are all in line with Klaus Schwab except for um the Soviet bloc and 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 Putin and those guys. They're not they don't want anything to do with it. So the eye-opening thing is is that we're now at war potentially with Russia in Ukraine because they don't want to be taken over by the globalists. That's basically what it comes down to. This war in Ukraine is a war of a is is a war fighting off globalism. Am I wrong? I I mean it seems that way by all accounts. The the only way the only way you're wrong is if it's if it's staged to look that way for some reason or another, but but um the things that Putin has said have been pretty blatantly anti-globalist. So unless right. he's putting on a hell of a show, um, that that seems to be the case. Yeah. What? So of, of the research that you've done and the documents that you, you've taken the deep dive into, what concerns you most? What do you think is the, the, the number one thing that we should be aware of that's coming down the pike at us? Oh, man, when I think I've got something, a, a, a new crisis or threat emerges it's so it's this is a i think the globalists are all in this is they've pulled out all the stops and this is a multi-pronged attack because it initially i would have said well this uh covid pandemic is the biggest threat and then it's well the the mandatory vaccines is definitely the biggest threat i mean this could this could leave millions dead well did you hear what happened did you hear what dr malone uh had a conversation that came out yesterday or today where he's speaking with a doctor and they just, uh, new studies are showing that 50% of the the um, the Big Ten athletes in football, 50% have myocarditis. 50%. I that. No, I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah, I, I just put it up today. Um, 50% of the Big Ten athletes have myocarditis. And what this physician was saying is that the thing that concerns him most is the mandate from uh, from Newsom and other governors that are saying, if you want to go to school, college or, uh, you know, um, uh, K through 12, that you have to have these shots. And he's saying what he's concerned about is that if, if that's the type of rate that they're getting from kids that are being checked out, they're not, they're finding it um, through, um, um, what do you call it? Um, uh, medical, uh, what's it called? Um, oh, <laughs> it's been a long day. Can't think of the word. Um, when you go to the do- a doctor's visit, you know, you go get tested. That's how they're finding it. They're not finding it because the kid says, hey, listen, I think I have a problem with my heart, coach. They're testing all of them. That's what's yeah. scary right. is they're yeah. having to test them because now they know there's an issue and they find 50% of them. Well, that's the big 10. The, the kids that we're talking about, and this is what um, the, the, I can't remember the doctor that Malone was talking with. Um, but basically what he says is, is that what I'm concerned about are the kids that are getting it next. Not these young adults that have it, but the kids that are getting it because we found it in these young adults. They're not showing any signs of it until they go into high activity. And we're going to see the same thing with his, I think the way that he phrased it was, we're going to see a, a high death rate uh, from vaccine induced um, injury because it causes myocarditis and you're not going to notice it until the kid exercises or goes outside and starts running. Yeah. And we've, we've seen that in the, with the soccer players dropping like flies all over the place. Right. And I think, uh, what was that? The, I'm not, I don't watch tennis, but it was the, some big tennis event. 
And um, yeah, a, a substantial number of those uh, contestants had to drop out of the competition all because they, they were having heart complications. And but like, they're probably not tied together, right? <laughs> no, they have nothing to, no, it's, it's coincidence. It's all coincidence. It's all coincidence. So, so let's go on. Um, Yuval Harari. Um, it's, it's interesting. You're, you're probably the third or fourth person that I've, I've had a conversation with who's brought his name up as one of the most dangerous people that they believe is in the world right now. And it's not because, not just because of their access to the, you know, the rich and the elite and the powerful. It's that his ideas border on, well, not border on, they cross the line with those of Joseph Mengele. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so let's go into depth with that. And I'll be quiet. You just take off um, and, and tell us about some of the things that you've read about or that you've seen that Yuval Harari is advocating that we become as transhumanists. The one that I start with is that he just wants to control thought, but it's, it's more than that. They're talking about pills that you could be able to put in your body and the pill would be able to tell certain things within the body. So go ahead. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I don't really know where it's, I wonder if, if there's stuff that even he doesn't say, because it, it sounds like he's, he's one of the most outspoken people. Um, so, you know, does he have limits? Would he, does he have motivations that he isn't letting people in on? Like we want to actually uh, change humans into non-humans. Because well, he does say that. He does say that. There's a video I just watched of his a couple of weeks ago on YouTube where he says that thing exactly, that we are moving from the, the, the uh, Homo sapien, we're going to Homo sapien 2.0, and the next version of humans will be totally digital. No biological entity. That's that, scary as fuck. That is uh, next level frightening. That is. Well, they, and they, that. they have the belief that uh, they can, if they can't now, then they will be able to in, sometime in the near future that they'll be able to download the human consciousness right. into, into a digital format. And uh, that to me is, is very frightening. There was a Black Mirror episode about it, yep. and the, which is, and it was very, um, it's an unsettling thought because in that kind of an environment, the digital environment, the uh, elite controllers could slow down time to an extent that for them it's five minutes, but then for the person or the consciousness within the uh, technology experiencing it, it would be, you know, 10,000 years, right. which would you know, make anybody insane. You're essentially well, not insane, right? But the, the, the thought process is that by slowing down, the time with inside that digital realm that you could get more output out of it because the, the entities working with inside there believe that they're working on that timeline. And so for, for you, the person on the outside controlling the timeline, that productivity is faster because right. time has been expen ex extended. Right. Um, and, and the, the, what do you call it? The, um, um, the scientific uh, discoveries that would come through that. And what, what, again, what we're talking about is insane. I mean, it's insane what we're talking about because we're trying to we're trying to walk through the process of what someone who wants to put human consciousness into a computer, not just one person, but an entire group of people, communities, and build a whole new environment with inside there. But here's the downside. This group of people, whoever it is, they control everybody else that's in there, their consciousness. So those people that would be inside the computer would basically be slaves. 
and that's what they're looking for. And that's what you, um, you hear a lot about, about when, when discussing matters of depopulation, um, people that are, have some understanding of what's going on would say, well, they're not going to kill everybody. They need slaves. And I believe that that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they want to kill everybody. And that this is yet another crazy, insane thing that uh, you have to point to right. <laughs> documented proof of, otherwise people won't believe it, but there is. And, um, you know, the Georgia Guidestones had it summed up fairly well. Yep. Um, they want to maintain the human population at 500 million in quote unquote, in perpetual harmony with nature. Since there's always a blending of this nature worship yep. correlated to human extinction uh, over and over again. And, um, I, I think that's that's a very well. The Nazis, thing. the Nazis were huge into that. If you go back and look at the Nazis, they were they were huge into uh, into nature. They were huge into um, the stories of their Vikings. The story of the stories of their their uh, what do you call it? Their um, I'm trying to think. De- their deities, the Germanic deities. We're not talking about Christian deities. We're talking about um, the Wiccan. Beliefs. Um, what, what's the other one? Not the not Jesuits. What's the um, Druids? Um, say it again. I know Druids. The Druids. Druids the Druids. Yeah. Yes. A, a lot of their belief structure is what the Germans went back to, um, and so we see that with these groups is they they want to go back to this mystical time, and um, this five hundred million number is interesting because Elon Musk keeps saying that we're depopulating the Earth and and we're going to we're going to die out if we don't have more people that were, you know, in the old days, my, my parents, I don't know about your parents, but my parents, um, one had six kids in the family. The other one had a, a, a seven kid or five kids in the family. So five, 11 kids between them, between the two families that my parents were, were part of, um, my family, we only had, uh, we had three kids in my family, me, my brother, my sister, my family. Uh, I only had two boys. So families are getting smaller. And, and people are choosing at a much later rate to, to, to reproduce. Elon Musk says, hey, we got to turn this around. We need people. Yeah, and that's, that's by design, too. And, and uh, that's official as well in their white papers. In the NSSM 200, they talk about that, how they're going to, as a part of their depopulation protocol, um, use propaganda to convince people that uh, large families are a bad thing and small families are, are a good thing. And you can kind of see it too. If you, um, you know, you say you hear from uh, in a discussion, somebody says, Oh yeah, those, those guys have, they got eight kids. And, and oftentimes you hear things like, Oh man, she's got to shut her legs or some kind of disdain <laughs> for the idea of having a right. large family. And I think to right. some extent that's been programmed in another part of that is just, um, I think that's, just kind of the economy we live in now. It's a, it's that's a true, yeah. income economy, yeah. but that's also by design. They said that we need to um, promote feminism. Not we're going to tell women it's to empower them, but that's not what it's for. It's because women that are out of the household have a much greater likelihood of having fewer children. So we need to get them to think that staying at home is oppression and get them out into the workplace so that they have fewer kids. Well, that's, and in all of your research, have you come across why they believe that we should depopulate the earth down to a level of 500 million? Uh, nothing other than that. They're a bunch of satanic buttholes. They, you know, <laughs> so I, can't, I can't find anything either. And I, and I, and I ask people specifically that are advocating for it. And I go, well, why are you advocating? Because the planet is, and I go, no, the planet is plenty big for all of us. You, you've never been to Texas, have you? 
You've yeah, never right, been to Wyoming, exactly. have you? <laughs> You've never crossed one of these states that you're talking about. That's what I find a lot of these people have never left. They've never left the cities that they they know so well. So they go to, you know, they go to school in Harvard, for example. Well, they never leave the East Coast. They don't go to the West. They don't see the, the wide open plains. They don't see how big our country is. And they think in their mind that everything is congested as their home is. We see that time and time again. Yes. Um, you know, it's an ignorance and they fly over the wide open spaces and they don't realize how much space is actually there. I, I heard a thing the other day that said everyone on the face of the earth, everyone on the face of the earth could live in Texas on two acres. We could all have two acres each and live in Texas. That's how big the planet is. Right. I've heard that as well. And, uh, and I believe it. it. It's hard to conceive the vastness of the planet that we live on. So it's easy to make these statements like, well, we're re- there's too many people, we're running out of space, running out of resources. But um, in the depopulation white paper, well, that's, I guess, the America's version of uh, the UN's World Population Plan of Action. They even acknowledge in there, well, we don't really know how many people the world can sustain. <laughs> and yet the whole premise of though. that is to depopulate. But we don't know how many people it can sustain, but we've got too many. We know we've right. got too many. We, we're, yeah, we're just going to operate on that premise anyway. But I know part of part of the motivation for those that are not just uh, bloodthirsty and power hungry and they get off on that kind of thing is um, for those that don't, they may believe in in just this Malthusian depopulation idea where essentially just simply put, you know, you've got, um, so you've got a hundred thousand dollars and that's distributed between a hundred people. Well, that's good. That's some money, but let's take that hundred thousand dollars and distribute it between 10 people. Well, that's a way bigger chunk of change. So essentially we're going to create wealth by removing excess people. Then there's more for the rest of us. Right. Uh, and that's kind of the idea behind it. Well, there, there's 93% of the planet who aren't crazy about their idea. So how are they going to get rid of the 93%? I mean, one way is through, you know, a vaccine program, potentially. That, that in my mind, that's a great way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, when we say these things, Bill, um, they point to us, which I find is, is interesting. The term conspiracy theorist was created by the CIA. Um, as a way of diffusing uh, situations where people who had real information um, were getting too close to the truth. And so they could diffuse it by saying, well, they're just a conspiracy theorist. They're crazy. They should have a tinfoil hat on, right? Um, it changes, I think, when it's in their own words. And that's what I, I, I want to go over this time and time again, that what we're talking about, the crazy things that we're talking about, they want to do. It's not us assuming they want to do it. They've said they want to do it. Not just did they say they want to do it, but they've printed it. So name off some of the documents, uh, if you can, Bill, off the top of your mind, or if you've got them there in front of you, what are some of the documents that people should take a look at and start diving into this deep research that everybody says they're actually doing? Can you give them some documents to go actually look at and, and see the words of real people, not ghosts, not Q, real people who have written real things about what their plan is for the planet. Where would you start? Where would you, where would you have someone start? Well, I think one of the first ones I started with was that NSSM 200 document that's otherwise known as the Kissinger, the Kissinger report. Kissinger, the guy who said control the food and control the people, is yep. the one uh, involved in these Papers about depopulating the world, probably not the kind of guy you want working on it. That and the UN's World Population Plan of Action, I think, are the main things that uh, uh, 
documentation wise, I would point to, but there's also a number of quotes that these people make that, I mean, you can hear it right from their own mouth. Ted Turner said a total world population of 250 to 300 million people, a 95% decline from present levels would be ideal. And uh, that's the guy behind the um, NTI. NTI is a, and I don't have the uh, name of the document at the top of my head. I can't forget. I uh, can't remember it, but, but it's the document that was um, created about a year. Is a little over a year ago. And uh, in it, they projected monkeypox to come on the scene <laughs> at, on May 15th. Yep. That was their projection. And lo and behold, it showed up. It was like a day off. It was like May 16th or something like that. Um, so it seems to be a little bit more of a, of a hypothetical or, or a not, not hypothetical as they would frame it. So we've got that Ted Turner document. We've got a um, David Rockefeller is is uh, not him specifically, but the Rockefeller Foundation right. is behind a lot of these these um, war games and reports put out. And he said the negative impact of population growth on all our planetary ecosystems is becoming appallingly evident. So again, we have this correlation between depopulating humans yeah. and uh, the uh, uh, just, I can't think of the word, but uh, I guess the propagation of the world. So you know, you can hear that you can hear the uh, the drive toward depopulation in what they say. And, and Bill Gates, you know, he's saying the same things. Oh, well, he's been saying it for a while. Yeah, right. And, and he's been talking about this for a while. And if you know about his dad, his dad was into that. I mean, yep. Bill Gates family, these people that you that you know their names of, um, they're all intertwined. They, when I say the word incestuous, I don't mean actual incest, but these families and these people are very incestuous. If they're in one group or business together, they're in a ton together. Right. So it's yeah. like, well, BlackRock and Vanguard, owning the amount of businesses they own gives them control over every industry in this country. They've got a lot of power. That was another thing you couldn't talk about on social media. And it's now just coming back up. And these people, Larry Flint um, of BlackRock, has made no secret about his affiliation with the World Economic Forum and his belief that the world is overpopulated. Right. You know, yeah. so it, it just keeps circling with inside these groups that this group think, and they think that they're the, the smartest, the, the, the biggest, they, they think that the smartest group of people on the planet and that they deserve to inherit everything and that the rest of us, well, we have to die off, right? So the, the here's, here's one of the things. Now, I will go down, I, I don't, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not. Um, what I do is I look at shit and I go, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> Let's find out why it doesn't seem right because that doesn't seem normal. Let's look into it and I go find the reason. Um, but one of the things that we keep looking at, to your point, what we started earlier with, Bill, is that, um, and jump in at any point, um, that there's a theory that there are 13 families that run the country or run the entire planet. Yep. And people think that that's insane. Um, and, 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 if you take a look at it from a 30,000, 60,000 foot view, it makes complete sense. Doesn't have to have any conspiracy in it, nothing. At some point in our past, there were only two families that were running everything on the planet, right? If you go back far enough, there were two families. Somewhere there were two big bosses of people that were at the same time in power and one decided to take on the other. And so you had a fight. You had a fight. 
Well, then you get more kings, you get more, you you get more kingdoms, and and this 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 kingdom and this kingdom and this kingdom kingdom. Well, they're buddies, and so they always tie up together. And this kingdom and this kingdom over here, they're they're buddies. Um, but the third and fourth one, they're kind of stragglers. That's what's happened with our planet. These families that were the first families, they've become the the richest, most powerful people on the face of the earth, not over hundreds of years, but over thousands of years, potentially. Yeah. Right? So, So the families that we're talking about are the families that built Italy. The families that that built Venice, the 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 bankers, and the money that came out of the of Western Europe uh, in the Middle Ages, those families are still thriving very well. And what they realized was, and I I I saw this, and it all became, believe it or not, it all became apparent as to what the planet was and what the power structure was in watching a stupid show called The Last Kingdom. Uhtred, son of Uhtred, um, and. What happened was it was an hour-long program, but Bill, what you got to see is you got to see how the power was used time and time again. We're being attacked here. We send our forces here. Okay, now we're weak and we get attacked, right? And you see the, the kingdoms come together to go after another kingdom. Well, that hasn't changed, right? You see what's going on right now with Putin and Ukraine. So nations going after other nations, that hasn't changed. But now these nations are controlled by these families with money and politicians. Nothing's changed. It's just on a much larger scale. I I always say that life has not changed since the eighth grade. Everything's the same. It's just much larger. The bullies that were bullies are still bullies. The mean girl that was a mean girl is still a mean girl. Nobody changed. They just got older and everything's bigger in scale. So going down the rabbit hole and being a conspiracy, actually putting on the conspiracy theory hat, right? That's where you go next. That's where you have to go next. And what I like to do is I like to take that and uh, and human nature and history uh, and put those in my back pocket to figure out what happens next. Based on what you're seeing and what they're saying they want to do and where they want to take us, what happens next? And this is all conjecture. We don't know. They've told us what they want to do. So we're surmising how that's going to turn out. What what do you see um, if their plan comes to fruition? Well, if it does, you know, I've got a, I've got an excerpt from uh, exploring biodigital convergence that I can read, and I think it, I think it very well summarizes what they want for humanity, and what they're doing is they provide this, um, this hype. They have, they always have these hypothetical scenarios, these little fictions of what it could look like, which is what they want it to look like. And so it's written in the first person, um, and this is in Exploring Biodigital Convergence. It says, I wake up to the sunlight and salty coastal air of the Adriatic Sea. I don't live anywhere near the Mediterranean, but my AI, which is also my health advisor, has prescribed a specific air quality scent and solar intensity to to manage my energy levels. My AI recommends a forest day, I think, okay, and my AI and neural implant do the rest. Building codes and home energy infrastructure are synchronized and require all homes be auto-regulated for efficiency. I check my carbon offset measure to see how much credit I will receive for my home's contribution to the government's climate change mitigation program. (laughs) While I'm brushing my teeth, Jamie, my personal AI, asks if I'd like a delivery drone to come pick up my daughter's baby tooth, which fell out two days ago. The epigenetic markers in children's teeth have to be analyzed and cataloged on our family's genetic blockchain in order to qualify for the open health rebate. 
I'll admit it sounds gross, but it's a good thing the municipality samples our fecal matter from the sewage pipes. It's part of the platform to analyze data on nutritional diversity. The buildings in my neighborhood share a vertical farm, so I get carbon credits by eating miso made from soybeans produced on my roof and fermented by my fridge. As my coffee pours, I check my daughter's latest school project, which has been growing on the counter for the past week. She's growing a liver for a local puppy in need as part of her empathy initiative at school. And that's that part kind of um, alarms me a little bit, an empathy wow. initiative at school. So it's yep. like they're creating these um, subservient cyborgs to live in their hellish dystopia. This is after they depopulate the vast majority yep. of the world. These are just the slaves that are left over that they, again, can control their lives and their thoughts. And uh, obviously, they've got AI implants, so that's not far-fetched. And in fact, in, in that, they say that all of the technology in these hypothetical scenarios is currently in existence. The, the only thing is it hasn't been commercialized yet. But once we get to that point, this is what we're going to have happen. Um, and that's, again, that's for the people that survive. This is not feasible, um, at, in my opinion, at the population, the current population no, that no. we're at. So no that'll way. be the uh, surviving slaves. Well, and that's that's the issue, right? This is what this is what our let, let's let's say that what what I was laying out is true um, is that these thirteen families control everything, uh, and it may change. We it may not be thirteen; it may be more, it may be less, but they control the planet. And who's to say that this is the first time that they've done this? The first time we've done a reset. I mean, we don't yeah, know. That's right? true. We've got look at the and this is this is the this is the wild thing that I start thinking about. This is the conspiracy bullshit that I start thinking about. Is well, we've got we've got pyramids in Egypt and we've got pyramids in South America. They were built around the same period of time in regions that were not accessible via any way that we know of land, ship, or air. So how did they build the exact same things at the exact same time? Other than maybe those are the last remnants of a remnants of a, a civilization that these families allowed to build up. And when it got too big, they just depopulated and started all over. They have all the tech. They have all the, the information, right? They know how the pyramids were built. They don't give two shits. They just move on and create another group of slaves to start all over again. And it doesn't matter to them because this is what they do. Now, I know that sounds far-fetched, <laughs> but not as far-fetched as the things they're saying they want to do. Right. Well, and I think when people are calling all this sort of thing conspiratorial, it's like they, they just have a, a very short memory or they don't, like, I'm not very well-versed in history, but for God's sake, I know about Mao and Stalin and right. Hitler. It's not like these are new, these are just, this is a new novel concept. Right. And if you look at rulership of the past, Look at the uh, the Aztecs and just the immense amount of bodies that piled up. And there, there again, that was to bless the earth to produce a harvest. So again, we have human extinction correlated with uh, nature worship kind of a thing going on. It's the same kind of a setup. You have the elites who are just slaughtering the hell out of the people because I don't know. I, I mean, I well, think at, they do it from the same reason. It's about control. Right. If right. you don't allow us to sacrifice your daughter or your son to the volcano or whatever, 
we're not going to have rain and we're not going to have crops and you're going to go, you're going to die and you're going to be hungry. And this technique has used, has been used time and time again. It's not new. What's happening right now is not new. That's why I've been trying to tell people, wake the fuck up. It's been utilized before time and time again. Well, but we're just so advanced now. That's all. That's all, you know, old savage stuff. We don't, we're, <laughs> right. they don't we're recognize people yep. now. Yep. They do not recognize it happening, happening in right in front of them. It's cognitive. It's a disconnect. And, and I keep thinking, Bill, that at some point, um, there's this conjecture in the country that it's it's going to be the right that rises up and takes our country back. And I don't think that that's going to be the case. I think that the left, when they figure out they've been duped, I think they're going to lose their shit when their kids start dying. If the worst thing that we think is going to happen happens, it will not be the left that will rise up. It'll be the left, those who willingly took this drug, took these vaccines or so-called vaccines to, to keep them safe that ended up being their demise. I think that they'll rise up. I think they will lose their shit. Their kids start dying. These If these top 10 or big 10 athletes start having issues and they, they've got to drop out of sports because they took a drug and there's a whole generation of kids behind them that took the exact same thing, I think we've got a tough road to hoe. And I think that's when you'll see problems of kinetic action in this country. It will not be the right rising up to defend their rights, their constitutional rights. I think it'll be the left rising up because they're pissed off. Yeah, that may that may be the case. I know that um, I think that uh, our rulership is anticipating something like that. As Schwab said, we need to prepare for an angrier world. And uh, in 2017, there was a pandemic exercise um, this one's probably more commonly known, uh, the SPARS uh, paper that was completed by the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. It's, uh, it's a hypothetical, they say, but it, it really, really closely mirrors what we're going on or what we're experiencing today. Um, in in it. ways. So there's they, a, So a coronavirus is brought into the U.S. from overseas, and of course a pandemic ensues ensues. There's uh, untested vaccines that are disseminated to the public and uh, celebrities are recruited to promote the vaccines amidst public skepticism um, and very specific things too. Like they have a, there's a fictional black rapper that they get on the scene to promote, to, to promote it to the black community, just like in real life, they had yep. run DMC have their uh, rap video to promote it to the black community They've got um, all the celebrities saying you need to do this. Um, and, and there's even uh, a situation there where they've, they have this widespread power outage in the state of Washington, which, which occurred in Texas, and a lot right. of people froze to death. Yep. Um, so it's some of, those, some of those events that mirror reality so closely um, are interesting to me. Because especially the power outage, it's like, well, that doesn't even have to do with the pandemic. Why did you put that in there in the first place? So they create these vaccines. People um, start to take them. They create uh, liability protection. Japan rejects America's vaccine, just like they did in real life. Yep. And they don't call it. Uh, it's like Colosevere or something like that. They've got a fake name for it. But in the end, it starts to damage people. And the whole document is how do we control the narrative? After every chapter, wow. they have a bunch of questions. Okay, so uh, the people are starting to notice there's this video circulating online of this little boy fainting after getting the vaccine. 
how do we still promote the vaccine when there's stuff circulating like that? Or how do we control these independent um, internet narratives that are popping up? You know, we can control the main, the news, but we can't control the internet. Right. So it's a big propaganda study. And in the end, um, the, the vaccine damage becomes too extreme to ignore. The people catch on, they become angry, wow. and the leadership gets together and says, what do we do about it? And they decide the message we need to send is one of gratitude. Thank you for doing your part in this, uh, in this pandemic and um, trying to protect you and your loved ones with this vaccine. So there's no, and that's just kind of how it ends. Well, there's no, no accountability. And that, that's what we're right. seeing already, right? We're seeing Tony Fauci step down. We're seeing Dr. Deborah Burke step forward and say, listen, I never thought it was going to work anyway. They're setting it up already. Yes. Yeah. I think we're starting to see that turn. That's the first thing that popped into my head is, wow, this is the SPARS document. When I see it, when I saw it, it's yeah. starting to turn around. Fauci steps down and, you know, it looks like they're gearing up to put Trump through the ringer. Um like set him up with with uh, warp speed, and I mean, he walked right into that one. Yep. So. Yep. yep. Well, and that's the thing, right? You think you're doing the right thing, and you think you're the people that are behind you are actually working with you and for you, and you find out from Doctor Burks's book is that no, she was fucking lying the entire time. <laughs> right. I mean, she says in her book that we changed data and manipulated data and put it in different places so that we would still be in the report. So our, our people would see it and the Trump people were too lazy to go work for. It. Well, no, they, they trusted that you did what you were told to do. You're an employee. You're you're a subordinate to this person. You're supposed to do that. And I've got to think that when Republicans take over, if they allow this to happen, and we'll go into one era, other area I haven't asked you about yet, but we'll get your thoughts on this. If we have a free and fair election this fall, and there is a red wave, the election is going to uh, generate a ton of investigations. Burks, yeah. Alchi, all the way back to 2012, potentially, is what I've been told. That they believe that this election fraud that happened in the 2020 election, that it happened and it started as early as 2012 when they were first testing it. There's a lot of people's lives and, and livelihoods and freedom that's potentially on the line. And some of them, if, if it goes to the level of treason, their lives are on the line. So I don't think that they're going to allow the elections to happen. I don't see that they can have that happen based on what we're talking about and the level they've gone to, Bill, with everything that they've done globally. How can they turn the House in the U.S. back over to Republicans knowing what's going to happen next, because when this information starts coming out, the left and the right are going to lose their collective shit because we're no longer Republican and Democrat against each other. It's Americans against the globalist. So what do you think they're going to do to, to make sure that they can pull this off? Do you think that they'll allow us to have free elections this year? I, I would imagine that they'd want to stop that at all costs. Um just for the reasons you mentioned. And, and I don't know, is it going to, are they going to try to play up the war? It looks like they're trying to poke the bear um, and instigate Russia as much as they can. Is that what they're hoping for? Do they want, do they want a, a dramatic retaliation so that they can use that as a justification for, well, no more elections, not this year. Anyway, we're going to have to mail them in. And well, we know what happens when ballots get mailed in. Exactly. Well, and, 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 and are we, you know, here's the, here's the other question you have to ask is we know that Russia is not in bed with the WEF. We know that China is. We know that Joe Biden is. Right? We know that the administration is. Is it possible 
that China would do something to us, that Joe knows about it, but China does something to us or, or allows something to happen, whether it be Taiwan or something on U.S. shore, that, that all of a sudden we've got that 9-11 moment in the country and we've got to come together and support the president and do the right thing and all that bullshit. I mean, that's just as likely as anything else is to happen in my book. Right. Well, there was um, leaked audio, and this is, this is speculative, so uh, you know, this is not white paper material. It's just something I had heard. Uh, there was some leaked audio between um, two Chinese generals talking about invading and what they would do is uh, load up their troops on these barges that are stalled in the ocean. So they'll be in the, the shipping containers and they'll essentially enter through um, California. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Come through the port, come through in customs. Yeah. Yeah. That's- which, you know, who knows? I, that's right. just pure, but it's, you know, when you don't know, you have to, you have to speculate. I, I mean, given right. the state of the world right now, anything's possible. Well, that's, that's what I say. And we don't, we don't know what's happening. We do know what their plan is, though. And that's what I've told a ton of people, got in trouble on social media by stating that there was no queue um, and they were all being lied to, uh, that it's just part of the, the World Economics Forum or, the, or this group's initiative to keep the... Because the people who believe the most in queue are also some of the staunchest Trump supporters. Yes, yeah. You know, and, and I don't... You know, I'm in agreement with a lot of... Um, the Q movement. I 100% believe that there's a high level sex trafficking ring. There's yep. a lot of evidence for that. Epstein didn't just, you know, kill himself. Quite obviously mm-hmm. there's nope. something weird going on and it's not being dug into enough, but um, yeah, you must've done a video right about the same time I did because when I, uh, when I made mention of Q and, and expressed the same sentiments, uh, man, I got bombarded, but here and there, really? I'd, I'd see you getting um, tagged in the comments. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, yes, I don't, this is, a, this is a, I guess, a thing now. Uh, and, and I'd even get comments like, you're just blackpilling everyone like that Kramer guy. You yep. just don't do your research. Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, when yeah, your research is listening to Q drops, I don't think you are either, buddy. Right, exactly, exactly. I The people that I'm doing my research on uh, and doing my research with are people that I know. So I know, I know that their credibility, what they bring to the table. Q, I don't know what the fuck Q is. And so, you know, I, I don't give it any credibility because I don't know who or what they are. Well, it's a deep, dark military. Okay, that's what they say they are. But I've seen stuff happen on the internet. I've been catfished before right? <laughs> I, don't need, I don't need the military to be doing it to me. And that's what it sounds like here. And so when you say it out loud, they're so locked in, but they are the, they are the most hardcore Trump supporters are the Q people. And we need them. We need those people, but they've been told to sit down and sit back and, and relax. Somebody else has got it and, and they're taking control of everything. And I think that they're the ones that are going to have the hardest issue, just like the left. They are going to do the exact same thing that the hardcore left will do when they realized that they've been lied to. They're going to lose their shit. And maybe that's the plan. And then they go, they, they, they force this, these two groups against each other. Cause I don't think that there's anything that the, 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 the far right, you know, the, these, these Q people that are really locked in and the far left Antifa and Black Lives Matter, I don't think that there's anything more that those two groups would like or those three groups would like than to get together and, and mash it up. I think they really want to go to war with each other. I think so. And that's scary as fuck. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I wonder if they're not in such a state of, of brainwashing that they can't wake up. 
I, you know, every time something happened, if a good thing happens, it's like, yep, see, it's the white hats. If exactly. a bad thing happens, it's, yeah, that was part of the plan. They had to make it look bad in exactly. order for this to happen. It's exactly. like, well, no matter what, yep. it's all part of the plan. Well, it, it, it's, I liken it to reading tea leaves or um, going to, uh, you know, um, um, uh, um, uh, oh, I can't, it's been a long day. I've been on mic all day long today, um, is... Um, a fortune teller, going to a fortune teller. And they always tell you the same kind of things. Well, I see a bright future in your future. Okay, so ex exactly, do I get married? Yes, I see the possibility of finding love, right? Well, am I going to get married? I want to say, oh, yes. <laughs> and it's well, not different. It's something concrete. Right. And, and that's what we saw in, in what Q does is, is that it's, it's set up like a religion. You can't question it. There's a higher power that you don't know anything about. Doesn't, you, there's no accountability to. Um, and it had to happen this way. It's the only way it could happen. So that tells you, relax. We've got it. It had to happen this way, but we've got it all under control. Um, meanwhile, the former president's house is being raided. See, see, that had to happen. That's what they're saying right now. The Q people are saying Trump had to have his... Um, constitutional rights violated for us to be able to see how bad they really are. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, the, that's the mentality. Um, mm -hmm. So let me ask you this and we'll wrap things up here. We've got 70 some days until the election. The election really scares me in, in a couple different ways. They're not, it doesn't scare me. It concerns me. I'm concerned. Um, and jump in at any point and, 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 Tell me if I'm right or wrong or, or, or whatever. But um, in that 70 days, there's a lot that can happen. I see it that either they will not allow the elections to happen for, for whatever reason. And a, and a lot of learned people smarter than I am, uh, PhDs and masters and in um, several of them in D.C. are saying, Kramer, you're wrong. You're reading the tea leaves wrong yourself. That won't happen. This is America. Um, I, I look at the last two years and didn't ever think that that would be possible in my America. So anything's exactly. possible. Mm -hmm. With that being said, I look at it as this. Either the election is going to happen and we're going to have a red wave and nothing else is going to happen. We're just going to go on and it's going to be like what everybody thinks. Nothing's ever going to happen. They're going to have some investigations. Biden will die off. Kamala will, will you know, go off and we'll just, it'll just continue. And it's just going to be this period in history. That's the option that I think most people are kind of looking at, that that's what's going to happen. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that either we're going to have kinetic action all the way up to the election or right after the election. I think we're either going to have, we're going to have a, a, a fucked up election to where it doesn't happen. It's going to make 2020 look like it was free and fair. They're going to have to do that. There's no way they can do it again. And here's the hard part. It's not a national election. So it has to be state issues. It has to be a state of emergency in states like a, the Midwest region, for example, or the East Coast. Um, if they allow the elections to go through and we see we say they're free and fair and okay, everybody's happy with what happened. Then I think they'll release Antifa and Black Lives Matter. I do not think this, this election is pivotal. Everything relies on this election. This election is the most important election in our history. Those are the scenarios that I think are going to, that are possible to play out. Nothing happens, and we just move forward like we've been moving forward. It's a repeat of 2020. People are pissed off. They don't trust it, but everything is kind of the way it is, and nothing else happens, right? You have kinetic action leading up to the election. You have kinetic action immediately following the election. Those are the only three ways that can really happen. Am I wrong? Am I missing anything here? 
I don't think so. I don't think so. And, um, you know, there, there have been enough strange occurrences that, uh, to me, I, you know, you just can't rule anything out. Just like you said, you know, I I think people are stuck in a normalcy bias with the Mm -hmm. thought that, well, this is America, this can't happen or that can't happen. It's like, well, are you, did, have you slept through the last two years? Have you been seeing what's going on? Right. I mean, you you really just can't rule anything out at this point. I don't know. I mean, I could see a, um, I could see it being a, a gradual thing. Like nothing, nothing really happens and they continue to uh, just sort of intermittently remove freedoms kind of quietly. Um, But, but there's too many factors at play, honestly, for me to even, begin to speculate almost it so this now biden has said uh is talking about this digital currency Mm -hmm. i don't know what the hell's going on with that but uh and i don't think now the date that was given was december 13th i don't think Mm -hmm. anything is going to be um there's no way they can get that rolled out by then there's no way there's no way no no it would be what I saw was that was those were all study dates, right? Those were the dates that studies had to be back to the. And I, I may be wrong in 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 my uh, understanding of what the the document said that I read, but my understanding was that that was when all the, the the reports were supposed to be back. Those are just reports, right? Right. And I think people ran with it and said, "Well, December thirteenth is uh, that's when it's all going to go down." Right. Obviously, there's a lot of infrastructure that needs to be laid. I think for that's that to take kid. place. Well, I, I liken it to when when Katrina happened, um, or any natural disaster happens. You know, that's the date that it happened on. But the first help doesn't roll in for not, at least another, you know, uh, ten to fourteen days. It takes two weeks to get people together, rallied together to start really delivering help from the outside. The internal people start doing it immediately. But the federal government always takes time. Well, we're going to transform our economy on on one day and just hey, everybody, <laughs> I know what yeah. it took. You know, in in in. Uh, um, 1999, when everybody was worried about the clocks clicking over, they were working around the clock for a year to make sure that their programs were running right. And nobody knows about this digital currency. There's no way it's going to happen by December 13th. There's, there's just no time time available for it logistically to make it happen. So I'm not worried right. about it. I'm, that, that part, I'm not worried about yet, knowing what it takes to have, have happen. Um, so I will ask you this. What is the thing that concerns you most between now and the, the election? Or the end of the year. Well, um, if if they they have an intention to interrupt it, I suppose that could be done through um, an escalation in this war between Ukraine and Russia, um, and possibly pulling in NATO involvement. Um, the other thing that, and this is more speculative, but you know the thing is with the whole pandemic. Just before that occurred, we had these dry, I would call them dry runs. They did the uh, Crimson Contagion um, report. They had the Event 201 tabletop exercise. They had the uh, Urban Outbreak Naval Intelligence game. And, and those were all to decide what, whatever shall we do if there is a pandemic that begins to spread. And lo and behold, two months later, that very thing happened. So. Now what they're doing is they have these, uh, they're having similar meetings. Um, the main one that I'm aware of is Cyber Polygon. And it's the same thing. It's whatever shall we do if there's a cyber attack. 
And Klaus Schwab says in no uncertain terms, um, that is going to happen right. at some point. And uh, when it does, it's going to make the pandemic look like absolutely nothing. It's going to I be agree. absolutely devastating. I agree. Um, is Are they going to go that far? Do they have, you know, and I, I don't know what they have to lay out and, and get ready in order for that to uh, to take place. But I do know something weird that happened. Cyber Polygon had their meeting scheduled for July 8th of this year, and that meeting was canceled. Well, coincidentally, that's the exact same date that the internet, um, well, at least internet banking and ATMs were shut down mm -hmm. all throughout Canada because mm -hmm. of the Rogers debacle. And I think it's strange. Now, they say that wasn't a cyber attack, but in function, it, it op operated pretty much just like one, at least in that facet. So my opinion is they didn't even, they didn't really cancel their meeting that just so happened to coincide with that date. I think they said, let's instead, maybe we'll do a dry run and observe the outcome. Right. Let's do a hackathon, see how it works. Yeah, right. Yep. And, uh, and, and that is speculative. I don't know. But I do know that they are the ones saying that it's inevitable. So, you right. know, if they wanted to interrupt a very, very important election, um, yep. now would probably be a good time. Not saying that that's 100% the case, but... And they always pre-sell it before they do it. They always tell you to expect it. Yeah. Right? I mean, which is scary as fuck because of what they're doing in New York right now with the, um, hey, are you guys up on your, what happens if a nuclear weapon drops in your neighborhood? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the state of New York decided to start telling people about, an, uh, you know, what you do with an atomic weapon? What, 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 what's, what are you supposed to do if one drops, you know, 75 miles away? Yeah, right. That's uh, that's not alarming at all. And no. you know, I, anytime that nuclear warfare is brought up, I'm told, well, that's impossible. There, that will never happen because mm -hmm. of the principle of MAD or mutually assured destruction. You know, somebody launches a nuke, one's coming back, and the whole world explodes. Well, uh, not necessarily. Not right. when there are inside players that are invested right. in destroying their own nations because yep. it, it benefits them specifically. Then yep. there wouldn't necessarily be MAD. So I, I never thought, Bill, I never thought that I would have this conversation and be talking about the fact that um, high-powered political leaders in my own country may be out for the destruction of my own country. Yeah. And that's, that's where we are right now. I mean, that's what we have going on is that um, there is a ton of people who believe, and, and I believe that the Bidens are totally corrupt. I don't know if they're guilty of everything that they've, you know, it's been claimed that they've done. Um, but I can tell you that I've seen Hunter Biden's laptop. I know of a few things that he's guilty of. I don't know if his dad is guilty of those things as well. Um, but I will say this, is that based on that laptop and what we found on the laptop and what was leaked from uh, Hunter Biden's phone, that family needs to be investigated immediately. And we get to the bottom of that. And not just that, but we started investigating them all. Because what we found over the last two years, we had a lot of time on our hands and we could look in inside and I think that that's why the uh, the World Economic Forum has moved up their 2030 agenda by three years to 2027. They're they're rushing it. The uh, Secretary of Energy, uh, Energy of Secretary, I can't even think of it. Secretary of Energy, what is her name? Um, the blonde chick with the uh, the short haircut, bobbed haircut. Um, I don't know. I can't remember her name. She she was on she was on today, and she she made a statement that is you know. Basically, yes, we have to destroy our economy so that we can bring in the Green New Deal and, and make our planet cleaner. Yeah. 
And it goes right back to what you're talking about, this thing with nature. We're aligning with nature and we've got to be aligned with nature. The, the mysticism and all of that, they're bringing it in, but they make it through science. And science is their new mysticism. Yeah. This is the new thing that we're supposed to listen to. So, well, Bill, I, appre- I appreciate you coming in tonight. Uh, it was our first time talking. So um, I think it was a first great, uh, great introduction to each other. Um, tell us more about where people can find you and your book. Well, I'm on TikTok uh, under NWO Documents. Um, I've got a website uh, of that same name, nwodocuments.com. I know I've uh, been referencing a few documents throughout this interview, and there, there's uh, anything that I that I mentioned is on that website. So it's all there. That you know, again, you don't have to take anyone's word for it. Just go there and look at it yourself. And if you're not a big reader. There's a synopsis next to each document. You can just go ahead and read that. And if you disagree with it or, or uh, take issue with it, click on the link. It'll take you directly to the websites. Again, uh, this is them saying these things. So right. you can go directly to their own uh, territory and, and hear it from them. Um, the book I wrote was called Deconstructing a Paradigm, a Treatise for the Unbelievable. And I wrote it under Robert K. Williams because at that time, um, I was getting into a new, uh, a new position in my career. And I was like, I better keep this sort of stuff on the wrap <laughs> a little bit. That has since changed a little bit, but it's under Robert K. Williams. It's on Amazon. Um, that is, you know, I touch on some of this stuff, uh, the, the globalist agenda and some of the things behind it. It, um, it addresses a lot of other things as well. Um, the whole intention behind it was to explore, re- um, in my opinion, harder rationale, um, harder evidence for things that aren't supposed to exist, at least according to mainstream culture, that in my opinion, there is evidence for them actually existing. So, you know, it gets into some of that spiritual territory, not necessarily directly related to a lot of the things we're talking about tonight. Um, so I like to throw that out there. I don't want someone to go buy a book that that uh, is going in a different direction that they thought it was going to. Well, but, uh, thanks thanks again for joining us. If you've got uh, the desire to go get uh, Bill's book, you know where to get it now. And I recommend that you go to NWO Documents and check out what he's done there. Uh, it's a great collection of some of the um, the things that are most concerning to us that they call conspiracy theorists. Um, the ones who've actually read their documents and don't agree with what they want to do with us and with the planet. With that, Bill, thanks again for coming. My name is Kramer. This is the Kramer Says Podcast. We will be back tomorrow or as soon as we can. Get more at KramerSays.com. KramerSez.com.